Grace and peace are yours from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am recording this sermon on Friday afternoon because as you are hearing this um, on Sunday morning or at some other time, um, I am going to be with our youth at All Tennessee uh, Lutheran Youth Gathering for youth from all across the state, um, sort of an overnight. They do workshops and it's kind of like a giant lock-in and worship, and it's a phenomenal event. So I'm with them um, in that. We are in Tullahoma, Tennessee, so uh, your prayers um, that this will be a great time for them, um, or was, uh, depending on when you hear this uh, or see this. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be encountered, your forgiveness experienced, and your love made known. Amen. I had a swim coach that as you would breathe, she would whistle. I had an older brother that at sporting events, when you're standing next to him, would take his hands and put it in his mouth and whistle so loud it would hurt your ear. It was a skill that for some reason I admired in them and I wanted to learn. So... Just kidding. I'm not going to do that in this video and, and shock everybody with the sound. But you've heard that loud whistle. It helps me uh, in the backyard if I need to get my dog's attention to get them to come inside. All they have to do is hear my voice sometimes. And if that doesn't get their attention, then they hear me whistle. We spend a lot of time trying to get somebody's attention. And when we need to tell somebody something important, like as a parent, when I need to tell my kids something important, I always make sure that I have their attention, that they are fully listening. The Bible does the same for us. We talked last week about the prophet Isaiah and some of the words that he used to get people's attention. This week in the Gospel of Luke, we have Luke trying to get our attention because let's be honest with ourselves, we have short attention spans at least some of the time, or most of the time. We have short attention spans. And so there are things and times that God just needs to get our attention. And so through Scripture, we talked about how that happens with Isaiah. It happens again today in the Gospel reading we had from Luke chapter 3, where we hear the words of John the Baptist. Now let's think about as Luke starts his Gospel, he tells you, why he wrote the gospel. He tells you about John's birth. He tells you about Jesus' birth. He tells you about Jesus being presented at the temple as an infant. He tells you about Jesus being lost um, by his family at the Passover festival. And then we jump to John the Baptist. And it's like Luke has given you the setup, but now as we move into Jesus' ministry, in the adult years of Jesus' life, he wants to get your attention again. So we have John the Baptist, right, out by the Jordan getting people's attention. And so he says words like this, you snakes, right, you children of snakes, who told you about what's happening, about why you might need to be out here? And so I don't know about you, but when somebody calls you a snake, it's never a good thing. And so John is there to get the crowd's attention. And then he tells them to live lives that produce fruit. 
live lives that produce fruit. Now, producing fruit, the tree produces fruit not for itself. Yes, there are seeds that will make more trees, but primarily trees produce fruit that feeds the world. So John, as people are coming out to the Jordan, says, make a life that produces for others. And then he tells them about getting ready because Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming. The one who is more powerful. The one, John goes, I'm not, un, I'm not worthy or I am unworthy to even untie his sandals. And it sounds like a warning. And John is giving the people a warning. But as he warns the people, then they ask, well, what should we do? How do we live that kind of life? How do we get ready for God to come into our lives? And so he tells them simply, I mean, it sounds like a warning, but then listen to what he says. When folks say, what do we do? He says, share. If someone needs a coat and you have two, share it. If someone needs food and you have enough or more than enough, share it. And then the tax collectors, the outsiders ask, well, what do we need to do? to avoid judgment and wrath of God. And he simply says, be fair in how you treat people. Don't take more than the tax that they're supposed to pay. And then mercenary soldiers come and say, and, and what are we to do? And he says, stop being a bully. Don't bully people. Don't take your position and just use it to improve your own life. It sounds like the things we try to teach our kids, right? Share, don't be a bully, treat others fairly. But that's what Luke is, is getting at in the Gospel of John. Once he has our attention, is about how we live. And it's about living worthy. The Apostle Paul, in our verse from Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 3 today, talks about live worthy of the calling that you have received in Jesus Christ. That's how he puts it. He says, live worthy. Don't worry about living successfully and what a good life looks like, but live worthy of the high calling that you have received in Christ Jesus. Understanding that Christ gave his life for you. Understanding that God has forgiven you of all your sins. Now what? And Paul says, live worthy worthy so that God's sacrifice and God's grace and God's love for you is not in vain. He doesn't say live successfully, but he says live worthy. And I believe that God is always reforming us into that life of living worthy. And sometimes it's as basic as the things that we teach our youth, that we teach our children, that we teach students. Be fair share. Don't be a bully. If you see somebody with something, they need something, and you have, be generous and give, not because they deserved it, but simply just because they needed it. Paul goes on to say, maybe in a little bit different terms, but he said that living worthy looks like this. You have humility. You have gentleness. You have patience. You have love. And you live in peace with others. That's how we live worthy. That's the life that God is reforming us 
to live. This is where the rubber meets the road. Does your life, does my life, do our lives match up with those things that John the Baptist is calling us to, that the Apostle Paul is calling us to, and the light of God's love and grace for you, that we should be inspired to live worthy. God is reforming us for that life. God is changing us for that kind of that type of living. So do you share? Do you care? Are you fair in your dealings with others? Don't be a bully. But have humility, gentleness, patience, love, and live at peace with others. We are called to live worthy. And in the light of the sacrifice that God has made for you, how could we do anything else? And when we mess that up, God forgives us again and again. God is reforming us to live worthy, and God is blessing us to be generous with others, to be generous with all that God has blessed us with, like that tree, to produce fruit, as John the Baptist says. And that fruit is the food for the world, for hungry people in need, not because they earned it, not because they deserved it. And that's the good news, right? Anybody can do this. This gospel is for everybody. God's love is for everyone. The poor, the tax collector, the mercenary soldier working for the Roman Empire. All those people that we may other, that we put in another category. Understanding that God's love is for you and for me and for everyone. And then when we experience that love and grace, we live it out in the world and share it with others. God bless. Amen.